It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with your host, Mark Schlereth. Thanks to our presenting sponsors, Bet Rivers Sportsbook and Dude Wipes. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey guys, welcome to the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. I am Mark Schlereth alongside my partner, Mike Evans, Millennial Ben, producing the show. Want to thank our presenting sponsors, great folks from Bet Rivers. They do such a phenomenal job, guys. BetRivers.com. Um, you know, we know football or supposedly we know football. They know betting. Uh, I don't know that I know football. I, I mean, I can't pick a winner to save my life, but, uh, I, you're just nodding your head. And, uh, no, I agree with you. Keep going. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> don't so, stop. You're on a roll. Yeah. The, the great folks over at bet rivers, bet like a man, bet rivers for crying out loud. Also dude wipes. I tell you what, love my dude wipes, love my guys over there. And, um, my butt is clean as a whistle. <laughs> You serve breakfast on it. Okay. It is delicious. Okay. Uh, no, but seriously, uh, check them out, dudewipes.com. They are absolutely awesome. Mike, how are you, buddy? I am good. I am good. Great to uh, great to have you back. Yeah, well, thank you. We took uh, a week off last week, and and for those who don't know, um, my mom, um, my mom passed away Friday night, and um, we're recording this on Monday, but she passed away on Friday night, and um, and. I, I called a game week before last, Denver in Pittsburgh, and um, we were told by the doctors that you know it wasn't going to be much longer. Um, my mom had COVID, and um, it absolutely destroyed her lungs, and so that's you know that's the deal. So uh, I called Fox on Saturday, and I have to just shout out to Fox Sports. Um, I called them because I was in Pittsburgh and my wife was like, I'm going up, I'm going up to Alaska to, to be with your father and your mother tomorrow. You need to meet me. And, you know, we had this discussion, which was very emotional for me because my mom is my biggest fan. She knew nothing about football. I mean, absolutely nothing, Mike. She just does not, I mean, nothing, but she loved watching every game. And that that brought her a lot of joy, and and so I just told my wife, listen, I'm in Pittsburgh, and my mom would be furious with me if I left to come up there right now. So I called Fox on Saturday, and I told them the situation. I go, um, I called travel. I go, can you rearrange my flights? You know, can you? And they said, you know, I go, just you know, whatever you got to do. And here's my credit card. And they called me right back and said, we have, we've got you. Don't you worry about a thing. We're going to find your way up there. So I flew from Pittsburgh to Chicago Sunday night right after the game. And, um, and they got me a hotel at the airport, uh, the Hilton right there. Then they got me a first-class ticket up to, up to Alaska and said, you, you're not paying for anything. We're taking care of you. Um, and... I got to say goodbye to my mother and which I, I'm very grateful for, but, um, you know, she's dying mm -hmm. and she's can hardly breathe and, you know, and to, to hear her, you know, to, to be head to head with her and say, I love you. And, you know, for her to tell me what a wonderful son I was, excuse me, I'm going to cry, but, um, it's hard to say goodbye. So, Anyhow, um, but I got to do that, 
and then I flew home and flew out to New York and, and did the Giants and the Rams game. And um, and Friday night I got a call from my sister and, and my mom had passed away. Um, and, you know, Mike, I, I think during tragic times we often ask ourselves, why me? And I'll be completely honest with you. I ask why me, but I think in different contexts. Why Why was I blessed with a woman who was loving, who was kind, who was gracious, who was a, a, a godly woman? Her hope was in Jesus, and I know where she is right now. And, you know, in, in, a, in a time and place where there's so much political rhetoric and you know, people are stomping their feet and waving their fists and shouting at the top of their voice about their civil liberties. You know, we've forgotten about civility. And I think about my mother in general and how kind and how loving she was. And I certainly am my mother's child. And, you know, it, it makes me want to be better. It makes me want to be more loving. It makes me want to be kinder. And um, I'm just incredibly thankful for that. You know, I, I mean, I, if if she were here, I, I think she would say, you know, we're all part of this incredible thing called the human race. And the only way we can win that race is if we cross the finish line arm in arm. And you know, I think back to just scriptures that she has taught me in Colossians 3, all the way down to the end, it talks about, you know, how you should be, right? With grace and with kindness and forgiveness. Um, but verse 14 says, and of all these put on love, which binds us together in perfect unity. And so I, w- I would just say that um, as hard as this has been, and it's been incredibly difficult. Um, it at the same time, you know, it is. It it just lends perspective, and so um, that's you know that's all. I'm not going to preach about about anything other than I love my mom, and and she was an incredible woman, and um, and a great mother. So anyhow, um, so that's why we were off last week. And and um, and we'll continue to to roll here on on the NFL. But um, I know this that uh, that my mom is is grateful for you know the opportunities that I've had in football and um, and she loved watching us do games and talk about football. And so anyhow, didn't know anything about football though, huh? No, I could tell. I told my mom I mean, would once, she sometime like ask you about a a a. a, a was there that one? Can you can you share one story where she asked you something? Yes. And you just had to almost like chuckle. Like, yo, she would ask me things all the time that were so like just like I can't even tell you the ridiculousness of <laughs> like of of why you sh- things she would ask. But I used to tell my mom things that were incorrect about football. Right. So I I once told my mom, and this is the honest to goodness truth. Um that the reason they called it a running back is because that particular player always has to run backwards. 
And she was like, wow, that sounds so difficult. You are why so, would... why, why, you, 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 boy, you, <laughs> you take no prisoners. It, right. And then, <laughs> I mean, you, right. you are, and one she, thing I'll give you, you're consistent. Yes. <laughs> you're with was, everybody. Yeah. She was <laughs> like, why would they do that? That just sounds so hard, you know? <laughs> I'm like, Mom, of course uh, they don't. I go, you've been watching me play since since you ta- were taking me to Pop Warner games, right? You've been watching me play this game since I was t- – I think I started I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And I told her that in the midst of my NFL career. And, like, she she didn't watch the game. She watched her little boy. Right, right. That's, you know. Right. And she doesn't – like, her complaint on Fox broadcast is they don't put me on TV enough. That's the classic mom, right? Right. That is They're mom. Like, I Why aren't just, you on TV more? I just You're so handsome, would, right? They, exactly. <laughs> she goes. I just wish they would put you on TV more, yeah. right? I mean, so, you're so handsome. Yeah, Why wouldn't they so, put you on TV more? You're so handsome. Yeah, and then and and so that's that was that was the relationship, but it is one of those things, you know, where, um, again, Fox was just like, hey, man, if you need to, you need to go up. You just don't don't worry about doing the game or whatever, and I'll be like. And my mom would be mad at me if I didn't yeah. do the game. Mom She'd and be a, dad, yeah, be mad at you. So That's not how you were raised. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, let, let's let's uh, let's talk some football. And um, <laughs> I had to laugh. Aaron Rodgers, who owns the Bears, twenty-two and five all time, oh. beat him again. Scores a touchdown, gets knocked down, pops up, does the championship belt, and then he looks up and he said, told the story after the game. He said. He goes, I look up and I happen to see this woman who is giving me the double bird. Right. And at that point, he goes, I opened my mouth. I don't even know what came out. What came out was him yelling, I've owned you my whole bleeping life. I own you now. Right. I still own you. Yeah. He, and needless to say, that's trending among Packer fans. I own you. Hashtag I own you. Right. Uh, how about Aaron Rodgers? And you know, and it, and it's funny, the whole the whole you know, he doesn't care anymore. Oh. He's not going to play hard anymore. And he does like, it's not important to him anymore. And, you know, and he's got, uh, you know, he's got a Hollywood girlfriend and, uh, I still think that guy loves playing. And I, he, I love the fact that he loves to throw the dagger, you know, and you know, kind of my own, my own personal life philosophy, right? I'm a good loser, but I'm a really bad winner. Like I will rub it in. And, I just I look at just Aaron Rodgers in general and his just going after the fan base and and basically throwing the championship belt on them and running up and down the end zone basically yelling at the fans telling you I I love it I I I love you know I love that competitiveness I love those juices I loved going when I was playing man I loved going to Kansas City. And being on the bench in Kansas City, and the bench, you got to understand, like the the stadium is pretty close. It's probably, I don't know, probably between where you sit on the bench and where the wall is for the stadium. It's like eight feet away, and they're you know they're ten feet above your head or eight feet above your head, and they're hanging over the railing, just dog cussing you, right? Or when I went to Philadelphia, we'd warm up in the end zone and the and the old vet, the end zone was 10 yards long and then there was literally two yards before it was a concrete wall and the fans were up there and we'd always warm up in the end zone and they'd just be cussing at you. Just, 
I mean, just absolute vitriol. And I just I thought it was so cool, right? I was <laughs> right. like, this is awesome, yeah. man. Uh, because if you if you can go there and you can win, and it is just the it's the greatest thing ever. So, explain this then to me. Why then would Aaron Rodgers want to leave Green Bay? He's playing for a really good team. Mm-hmm. He clearly still loves playing football. He loves his teammates. Loves his coaches. He's got a great situation. The fans are coming back to him, as as you'd expect. They've won right. five in a row. And, you know, he, he gets to have those moments where he gets to continue to stick at the Bears fans. Why? Right. right. Everything seems like a situation like, why in the world can't this thing be fixed? What what, what are we waiting for? Why right. are we getting some announcement here that Aaron Rodgers has signed a new deal with the Packers that will tie him to Green Bay for the next Four, four years. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a great question, Mike, right? Because is he said it, and I believe him, I take him at his word. He loves the Packers. I mean, he loves the, the coaching staff. He loves the guys he plays with. Um, You know, the one thing I, I don't believe that you can do as an organization is tell a player of his stature that, hey, we're going to, we're going to use you in these advisory roles, right? We want your opinion. And then either don't solicit the opinion or just ignore the opinion. If you do solicit, don't give me lip service. And I've, I've always said this. I got, I got one heated argument um, with one of my old line coaches, not in the game heated argument, not one of those that, that those happen, you know, where, you didn't see. I, he, you're getting yelled at for something, and your coach didn't really see what. I, and you're like, "No, save it. I'm not going down that." Way. I had one heated argument when I was in Washington, and I was pissed, pissed. Um, it was my last year in Washington. I was coming off of Guillain-Barre syndrome, and you know I was still really sick, and I ended up, I ended up starting, um. I ended up starting the beginning of the season. They cut my pay. I mean, it was just a, it was just a mess. I was coming off the sickness, so it wasn't myself. They had hired somebody else um, to to be the starter, and so then, but he got hurt. And then when I came back, or he came back, we were rotating right. And at the end of the year, kind of my exit meeting at the end of the year with my old line coach. Um, and it's a guy that I love dearly, Jim Hannafin, and he just he passed away last year. And, and Jim says to me, "You know, we were really trying to, um, and coming off of injury and coming off that sickness, we we're really trying to, um, trying to manage your life, like to manage you, so you could, you know, so we could take some of the pressure off you." And I was like baloney don't and I mean I just went off don't give me that and I was angry because that's not true don't lie to me as a player and I think most players feel this way I think that's why hard knocks is I think it's fascinating to people that watch you know the hard knocks thing on HBO I think people are fascinated by the fact that you go to cut a guy and he basically says thank you for cutting me and thank you for the opportunity right He's not angry. He's not pissed off. He's not whatever, right? 
as long as you're honest with me. Mm-hmm. And as a player, like if you think that I stink, that's okay. You can tell me that, but don't give me a bunch of lip service. And that's where I went off on my coach. And then, you know, to his credit, he was like, I'm sorry, Paul. I, like, you're right. I've played hurt for you guys my whole life. So don't act like all of a sudden I've gone into games and played in games where I should never have played. You know it and I know it. I did it. I, you know, I, I willingly did it. I was a willing participant, but you guys took every advantage of it because you needed me to play. And so don't tell me all of a sudden that you had my best interest at heart because that's absolute BS. That's where we went. And so, anyhow, and, and, you know, to his credit, he said, you're 100% right. I apologize. And, you know, and we moved on. We, we remained very close. Um, loved Jim Hannafin. Love him. But I think for Aaron, you just want honesty. You want to be respected because you've earned the respect. You see the way that guy plays? He earned that respect, and, and that's all you want. So maybe it can work, Mike. Maybe if, if they change their tune a little bit in the front office, because I think the coaching staff gives him the respect that, that he deserves, um, that he wants, that he requires. I, I know the players do. I, I, I think it's very much salvageable in Green Bay. And you're right. They're a damn good team. They're one of the, you know, they're one of the five or six NFC teams that have a, a real legitimate shot to win a world championship. Well, let me bring up another team in the NFC. Is this the year, finally, that we can actually take the Cowboys seriously? They go into New England, roll up 567 yards of total offense, Mm. but turn the ball over a couple times, fourth down stops, you know, a, a game that, missed field goals at the end, a a game that past Dallas teams would find a way to lose, they instead find a way to win. Is this the dawn of a new era in Dallas? I, I, You know, Mike, it's funny that you even mention it because I do believe it is. And, you know, and I look at at this Dallas team, and and you mentioned it, you know, just that offense and what they're doing offensively and how the week before against the Giants, they pummeled them in the running game. And then all of a sudden, what do you need? You know, like, hey, if you're going to commit to stopping the run, Dak Prescott's going to eviscerate you in the passing game. CeeDee Lamb looks, I mean, he is every part of that 88 jersey he's wearing right now, right? I mean, he is honoring that thing by the way he plays. Big-time performer, big-time over-the-top speed, but toughness, catch and bubble. That, that's the thing about Dallas that has intrigued me. This year, I think some of the changes they've made personnel-wise, some of the young players that are playing, but just the overall level of physical and mental toughness. That, that was just like, for me, that was – with my Washington background, that was like eating a turd sandwich right there saying that. But there is a level of toughness that I don't know that's been displayed there since, you know, the Aikman days of the mm-hmm. Cowboys. And I, I'm telling you, Dan Quinn, the difference he's made as the defense coordinator, 
Diggs, the way he's playing in that defensive backfield. Um, oh my gosh, uh, Par- is it Parsons, the linebacker they Micah picked? Parsons, up? yeah. He is the guy that you wanted Denver to take. Yeah, he is. I mean, here's a guy. Oh, you're gonna play middle linebacker. Oh, wait, our edge rusher got hurt. Hey, you're gonna play edge rusher. Oh, and you're gonna be the the biggest impact player we have. You know, at least in the front seven. Obviously, not not. And Diggs is it Diggs is all world right now. What he's doing in that defensive backfield, but um, hey, one weekend we cram it down your throat, running it. The next weekend we throw it over the top. Dak Prescott's playing lights out. You not only a comeback player of the year, a get block courage award winner, comeback player of the year, MVP. I, I'm telling you what, yeah, it's uh, America's team. Well, I, I, I got I got you to eat one turd sandwich. How about we uh, do a double decker? And how about you say some nice things about the Raiders and how they handled the week that was? Yeah. After John Gruden, that team came out. They were poised. Uh, they were they were unified. They were hungry, and they just put it on the Broncos. Yeah, it, man. What's one of their? You know, they they're that one team that has a bunch of different kind of nicknames or monikers, right? One of them back in the day, as I remember, was Pride and Poise. Boy, it was that not was that not on display? Pride and Poise. I mean, you have the the leader of your franchise, your head coach. And you can say what you want about John Gruden, and many people have, but I think he I think he connects with his players. I mean, I've been at practice, I've watched him, I watched the relationship he and Derek Carr have. Derek Carr, I mean, Derek Carr cried like he said, uh, "I love the I love the man, I hate the sin." Right, and, and he's right. Um. And to basically have that unfold in your locker room and, you know, you you move on from that. You give the reins to your special teams coordinator who's never been a head coach at any level. He's been coaching since 83. Never been a head coach at Pop Warner, high school, college, or the pros. Gets his first win, and they came out against the Broncos and opened a can of whoop-ass. They dominated both lines of scrimmage. Every time a ball was in the air, they owned it, whether it was on the defensive side or the offensive side. Won every 50-50 battle. Every single one of them. Sacked Teddy Bridgewater five times. I think they hit him 16 times. I mean, it 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 wasn't, and the end score that the the score ended up being thirty four twenty four. It wasn't even that. It wasn't no. even close to being that close. No. no way. They gave up a couple courtesy touchdowns. The and and there was a play in the fourth quarter. Teddy Bridgewater throws interception number two. And this was indicative of what I saw the entire game. Ball's intercepted. Cortland Sutton just stands and watches. Might as well have had a lantern shining light on it 
Now, he did tear an ACL last year on an interception tackle. I don't care. Really? Okay, that so is your... No no forgiveness for making a business decision. Zero okay. forgiveness. And for Vic Fangio, man, you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. Hey, man, I understand that you tore an ACL. Guess what? Everybody gets hurt playing this game. You have a responsibility to the other 52 guys on your team to play football. And you have a responsibility to the people that are signing your checks to play football. You have a responsibility to, to the coaching staff and everybody else to play football. And guess what? A football play was going on, and you tapped out. That's unacceptable. Unacceptable. But that's the way the Broncos played that entire game. And here's the thing that really irritates me. It really irritates me. Apparently, one team understands the rivalry, and one team doesn't. The Raiders came into Denver and smacked them around. Played like it mattered. The Broncos played like they had something to do after the game. Like they were going to have a team soiree. Hey, let's go down to the Gaylord Hotel and have <laughs> dinner together. We got plans. Well, Vaughn's got his big Halloween party coming up in a couple of weeks, so maybe yeah. maybe uh, start prepping for that. Yeah. So Maybe they were going to get together and make costumes. That's right. Um, the other team that has really opened my eyes the last two weeks are the Baltimore Ravens and, and the way that they've won. Um, you know, it was you, you take away their running game, dare Lamar Jackson to beat you, and what do you know? He goes out and he's just slinging it as a passer. Mm-hmm. One of the big knocks on him is, hey, for all his genius being able to run with the football, is he a pure enough passer uh, to win big? Well, he he had a big performance. And then Sunday they take on the high-flying Chargers and just uh, 208 yards of total offense, 26 yards rushing for the uh, Chargers. Hey, man, l- l- let me just send a, a message to the rest of the AFC. If Lamar Jackson's going to throw the football that way and they're going to play defense that way, game over, man. Game over. Yeah, but you, you say that, too. You know how many yards passing Lamar Jackson had in that game? Right, I, Not many. No, 167. Well, I know, but what I'm saying is, is that they're beating you convincingly different ways. Yeah, yeah. That That's my point. Yeah, 167 yards, one TD, two interceptions. But let me just say this is if – the season obviously doesn't end today, but if you're picking your coach of the year right now, how is John Harbaugh not your coach of the year? You know, we make excuses. Well, we lost our receivers. Uh, we lost our, uh, you know, people across the league. Like, hey, the Niners are so injured. Yep, you're right. And it's, oh, they, you know, their quarterback, they this got hurt, that guy. Dude, the, the, the Ravens lost every running back on their roster. You know, like they were like September just like, I mean, it was like a, a scene from Monty Python. Bring out your dad. Bring out your dad. It's just a flesh wound. Yeah, it's merely a flesh wound. Um, like, they lost all their running backs. They lost their left tackle, right? They lost, uh, who else did they lose? They lost, oh, uh, Marcus Peters. Yep. Like a legit big-time playmaking corner. They lost a defensive lineman. They, I mean, everybody. 
And yet, what do they do? They just go out and find ways to win. Like John Harbaugh, I mean, if he's not coach of the year, he's right there with whoever whoever else would be on the top of that list, um, considering all the things that they had to overcome early. And here they go, just doing Baltimore things, just bullying people. I mean, absolutely bullying people. So, yeah, they are. What? Well, I mean, just a. They're 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 incredible, and they're so uniquely built, Mike. They're just every time you go to play the Ravens, you got to scrap pile everything that you've worked on for however long you've worked on it, and you've got to go. Okay, now we got this unique kind of football team that runs something that nobody else runs, and we have to go. We got to go figure out a way to to stymie it. And obviously, the Chargers had no answers. Uh so. That's kind of the highlights of the the week that was. Uh, Kansas City got a win. Eh, still got some questions about them. Pat, Pat Mahomes threw another couple interceptions, mm-hmm. but um, uh, Seattle life without Russell Wilson began, and Geno Smith did okay, but ultimately put the ball on the turf. And uh, yeah, don't look now, but all of a sudden Pittsburgh yeah. is Pittsburgh is uh, is rolling all of a sudden. And I tell you what, I did a, a Pittsburgh game a week ago. And uh, meeting with Mike Tomlin, you want to talk about a guy who walks in. Like, if he wasn't the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, he'd be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. He comes in and just, I mean, just starts to, I mean, rattle you with stuff. And it's all, look you in the eye, the whole time, eye contact. Here's my inactives. This guy's not playing. This guy's not playing. This guy's hurt. And, he, and we're like, man, you're so easy. He goes, I want you guys to have a good game. I want you to have a good game so we can have a good game. We'll have a good game together, you know? I mean, it's just like, let's go win with the game, All right, so give me your top three coaches that after you meet with them, you are, like, so pumped up. You're like, I don't know how many plays I could give, but I want to go play right now. Right, I, I could give you a play. Well, who, who are the who are your top three? Top three. In th- no particular order. Top three. Well, Mike Tomlin's one. Okay. Sean McVay yeah, you is, love McVeigh. Sean McVeigh's got to be another. You love McVeigh. Oh, McVeigh is McVeigh is awesome. Um, let's see. Tell him I love his uh, and Kyle Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan. Okay, they just—I mean, one. You're not trying to sell trade secrets. They give it to you straight, no chaser, and they just trust you to. Hey, trust you to, one, protect them if they say something that, you know, is going to hurt somebody's feelings. Right. But um, they they want you to to know this is what we're thinking. This is how we're going to attack. These are the weaknesses of the other team as we see it. This is, I mean, they they just give it to you straight. I mean, and bring energy, enthusiasm, um... It's not like talking to Debbie Downer. Okay, real quick then. Last thought, because do you see a direct correlation? Is there a direct correlation between the, the, the energy of the coaches that you deal with and their win-loss record? Yes. By and large. There might be a By few and large, there's always going to be an, there's always gonna be an, way, an but, outlier, you know, like um, there, there'll be an outlier or two. Um, like Bill, Bill, I enjoyed the heck out of meeting with Bill Belichick. Um, he's actually in the meetings and stuff. You can see, you can see his media persona and him 
to a little bit there there still you can still see they're the same guy, but he is not uh, in a meeting like you know we get talking football man he loves to talk about football right so he's pretty he's different in a meeting that way um, but yeah by and large when you're bringing energy and and you're excited about what you do. Um, you're excited about where you're going, what your plan is. Bottom line to me, Mike, is is when you're excited about the identity that you're creating, the culture you're creating, there's a, a trickle, trickle down, huh? there's a trickle yeah. down effect to it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's just a, a little bit of a message to all your fans out there who have coaches yeah. of teams who are don't come across as being that uplifting. Right. No, I, Denver. I, I definitely, yeah, well, <laughs> I definitely think it, it matters. So, anyhow, hey, listen, man, I appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for uh, holding down the fort, Absolutely. as as per usual. Uh, thank you to all of you for the uh, all the just messages and the um, just kind messages and the prayers and everything you've sent my way. Uh, we appreciate it as a family, um, and uh, for everybody involved in the Stinky Truth podcast, for Mike, for Millennial Ben, for myself. Want to thank our presenting sponsors, the great folks over at Bet Rivers, betrivers.com. Make sure you check them out. And then uh, Dude Wipes, uh, the great folks over at Dude Wipes, dudewipes.com. Check them out as well. And uh, we'll be back to, uh, to uh, make some really bad picks later on in the week. <laughs> at least I will.